Hi, I'm Andy Brett. I'm the creator of the 500 Words app, and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I am your host, it's Paul Kemp. And I'm thrilled today that uh, I've done a lot of work with uh, wonderful entrepreneurs and uh, very experienced app developers in India. And there's a whole technical boom going on uh, right now in India. Very qualified uh, people, te- technologists, uh, app developers, uh, coders, programmers. And I know that a lot of you listening right now have had experience working with India. Uh, let, let me just uh, introduce my guest uh, who is working on a cross-platform social gaming. He's actually got one of the biggest social games uh, coming out of uh, India. So he's extremely experienced and uh, has seen enormous amounts of traffic, especially from Facebook. So we're going to learn enormous amounts from him. Uh, his name is Ram Prashad uh, Rajatran, and you can just call him Ram. And his, he's the founder of Hashcube. Uh, Hashcube is where you can find out uh, about uh, his cross-platform social gaming. So uh, Ram, I wanted to welcome you to the App Guy podcast. Uh, hi, Paul. Thank you. Uh, glad to be here. Yeah, well, we're glad to have you, especially given that we're going to learn from you uh, a lot. And you, you've got the biggest social game uh, coming out of uh, India. Perhaps you could just walk us through that and uh, how how you ended up with uh, such a like an enormous number of uh, downloads on on Facebook. Sure. So, uh, I mean, to start off, I think we are a little lucky and... Uh, so when face so we actually started when facebook was uh, the platform was growing so during that time it was easy to grow grow numbers and i think at that point we just rode the wave and we got lucky but over the period of time we actually shifted uh, platform multiple times and now we are focusing finally on mobile so i think one of the reasons uh, we are at this stage is, uh, is is probably because we were able to uh, get those users whom we got during the facebook wave uh, onto our current game and also uh, we are actually working on a framework called the quest framework which we intend to do more games on so with this i mean this is a learning that we have done uh, after doing this game multiple times um, so sudoku quest is a result of this and uh, with this framework what you have uh, done is that we could actually take a game uh, any game any puzzle game like sudoku solve etc and then make it uh, monetizable and also more fun yeah well i uh, have to say that i mean you, you obviously you call it luck, but also I, I think it was a very tactical thing to do to grow with Facebook. You obviously saw something that many of us didn't, and you. Uh, what was what were the numbers like when you had this uh, wave of success with uh, gaming on Facebook? Sure. So we we uh, rose up to like uh, 270,000 monthly actives on one game, and we had a different multiplayer game that also grew to about hundred fifty thousand monthly actives. So, wow, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's that's amazing. So yeah, t- that's but just... the interesting part was we are not making money out of those users. <laughs> oh yeah, well uh, yeah, it's Facebook, I guess, isn't it? So, <laughs> oh, so so two hundred and seventy thousand monthly active users. I just want the audience to digest that number. And even though you had that enormous uh, amount of uh, growth, I mean, we would love that kind of activity on our apps. You weren't making money out of those users. It was a free-to-play uh, game, I guess. Yeah, so it was a free-to-play game uh, supported by only by ads, and we didn't have virtual goods incorporated into that. 
Okay, so you were supported by ads, and even though you had 270,000 monthly users of, uh, uh, what, what was the game's name, name? Quest, did you say? Uh, so that time it was called just Sudoku. Oh, Sudoku. Okay, so you've got 270,000 uh, monthly active users, and you're putting ads on the platform. I'm guessing uh, the clickable ads within the Facebook uh, desktop version, probably. And yes. and yet you, you were not seeing any return from the advertising, really. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's a good lesson for us to learn, because uh, I think a lot of the uh, audience, the Appster tribe listening to this, have a, a, the same experience of just not getting... A good revenue from from ads yes uh, so how did you move on then from you had that uh, wonderful kind of you know massive audience how did you move on with your journey so uh, we kind of realized that ads was not the way to go and we were making some money but it was just enough it, it was not enough i mean we couldn't grow the team uh, it, it, it was very less amount of money so we we figured out that um, in-app purchases was a way to go and then we started uh, thinking about how to go about it but we couldn't uh, change the existing game because uh, the game was already played by so many people and putting something uh, different may not uh, may not be something that people would like so we uh, worked uh, we actually started a new game called Sudoku Quest uh, and then we incorporated all these uh, in-app in-app purchase features into the game. So one of the points that I want to mention here is that I mean it's very difficult to uh, add monetization into a game after you after you complete the game. It has to be thought of from the beginning uh, when the game is being developed. I mean it should not be like a separate track from game development as such. Well, Ram, I have to say you've very cleverly uh, linked up to my episode two of the App Guy podcast, and you happen to be episode. 202 and so okay. it's very good that you did that because we learned from episode two that uh, from a, an entrepreneur called Jack Nutting that it was he found that he had uh, you know this wave of success with an app but then, then he had to think about ways to monetize it after the app was successful and he learned you know the mistake of not thinking about monetization before actually building the uh, game and so you, the lesson we're learning from you is to think about in-app purchases and monetization of the game before you actually even coding and building the game. Yeah, during the design of the game itself, it has to be thought about, yes. Uh, so I'm guessing that then the in-app purchases were uh, virtual uh, rewards, goods, that kind of thing? Yes, yes. So the game is largely free to play. The Actually, even 95% of the people... Uh, don't don't pay for anything. It's just less than five percent of the people who pay for stuff in the game, and this is very common across uh, all free-to-play games that are out there. And we are also following the same trend. Well, isn't that astonishing that uh, it takes like the hardest, you know, the most core users of your game, that only five percent or less, to actually uh, play a game and pay any kind of money. And, and yet those same people will go out and buy a pizza, you know, for whatever, two, three, four dollars, whatever it costs. You know, they'll, they'll have all these expenditures around them. But but for some reason, there's there's just this reluctance to, you know, pay yeah. for gaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a very interesting. Uh, it, it's a very interesting question. And yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of people are thinking away for sure. Yes. It almost fit. I feel like what I'm learning from you as well is it would be good to have, you know, if you're going to play for free, yes, you can, you know, you can look at the ads, but there almost needs to be, well, you need to help us, you know, you need to promote it, you know, you need to post on 
uh, Facebook uh, every month uh, that you're playing and enjoying this game and promote it, you know, just some kind of giving back. Uh, yes, to- yes. Yes, exactly. I think the thought process around that is I mean, even though users are not really taking the credit card out and uh, paying paying anything in the game, I think they would be useful in other ways, like uh, getting more people onto the game, growing the game virally. So from that perspective, it's still useful. And even feedback about the game is also very useful. So I think they uh, they help the game in other ways also. Yes. Uh, okay. So now you're transitioning over to mobile. Uh, you have done, um, I guess, well, over the last few years. Uh, what what are you doing in this space on mobile? So uh, we we actually took Sudoku Quest. We launched Sudoku Quest on mobile uh, last last year. Uh, actually, last to last year, uh, end of last to last year. That's when we launched Sudoku Quest on mobile, and we were focused on uh, making it work on mobile. Uh, so uh, right now, the game is available on Android, iOS, Kindle, all three platforms. Uh, right now, we are working on uh, a new game. The game name is not out yet. Uh, but we hope to launch it in January. And I would love to know like, what thoughts you have on launch strategy because uh, that's one of the big uh, common questions that I get uh, you know, as the okay. app guy is, is how do we go about launching an app? Now, it sounds to me like you've got an unfair advantage because you know what to do with the past and you've got this big audience anyway who's already playing your games. But, but perhaps you can reveal what you're thinking about with launch. Yes, yes, sure. So uh, what the um, so what other people do for launch is that uh, they when they focus particularly on mobile, what they do is they pick a specific country and uh, launch the game and then test out the game to see if all the metrics make sense, whether the game is engaging enough, whether the game monetizes enough, and then do a global launch because a launch is very important on mobile, both iOS and Android. The, uh, it's because how the Apple stores both the Apple stores work. So during launch, uh, you get to you get featured in the new category and then you get a lot of downloads. And if, if during launch you can do your marketing and also make sure that the game works very well, then you actually uh, get a lot of benefits out of launch. Uh, what we actually intend to do is that um, we don't have a lot of money to spend, so we intend to focus. Uh, we intend to launch it on Facebook first because we could iterate faster. It's a web version of the game, so you could iterate faster. But with iOS and Android, what happens is that uh, it takes. There's a review cycle, and uh, launches typically get delayed. So we'd probably launch on Facebook first, um, and then test the game out. And then once the game is uh, once the once we think the game is working out, then we'd probably launch on uh, either Google Play or Amazon to see again if it works well on mobile and then do a global launch. That is wonderful insight. I, in fact, I can't even think of any other guest before you that talked about uh, launching on Facebook first as a way of testing. And I feel that like that's extremely, because it's obviously a social platform and people are very used to commenting and questioning and, and providing feedback. So you can take the game, you can change it, iterate it, update it, uh, following all that feedback, uh, and then you are in a good position to launch on uh, on mobile. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, what, how do you take feedback from within the game? Uh, so w- one of the things is we collect a lot of data. Uh, so from that, we could identify a lot of pain points. The other thing that we try to do is uh, definitely have feedback options within the game and also try to test it out with other users that like your friends or uh, use any testing services where, where they would provide feedback. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm just intrigued. You mentioned about uh, launch, and you've already got, you know, the Sudoku Quest on iOS, and you you mentioned about Apple. Uh, 
what have you what have you learned about the uh, Apple? So you said you you uh, ended up on the new and noteworthy section of apps, and uh, do you know how long that lasts for? Roughly, I mean, it's obviously it's really hard to judge all this stuff. But uh, what was your experience in in sticking around on the uh, you know the charts? So uh, yes, so new and noteworthy is something that uh, every app gets uh, gets into the category when they when they do a launch, uh, and it typically lasts for a month. Uh, that's how that's how uh, that's how it happens. But separately, you could actually get featured by Apple. Uh, we've not been able to get that yet. But once you get featured by Apple, and again, it also depends on how well your game is performing. But based on that, you could be on the top chart for, for depending on how well you do. Yeah, it's such a shame that Apple's it doesn't seem to have like a transparent process on how they feature apps. And, uh, you know, it's like, uh, I'd love to know that, you know, does it take money? It seems to like take money now, you know, like, or, or I'm not sure how, how they actually end up uh, picking and choosing the apps. Okay, I, I'm not sure if they take money because then the whole system would break down. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. No, well, in terms of uh, like they know the, because we had a statistic on this show uh, a number of episodes ago that said that uh, about... Uh, some very large percentage of uh, the, I can't remember exactly the stats, but it was a very large percentage of the money being made on uh, Apple iOS is from only 50 publishers. <laughs> yeah, it's very well probable because, uh, I mean, they have a lot of marketing muscle and they could easily rank up whenever they want to. Yeah, so you almost feel like, uh, you know, if you're a publisher uh, like a Zynga or a, a one of these other big companies, and, you know, you could almost like have a hotline to Apple to say, hey, guys, you know, we're launching a, a, another big game. Uh, we've put a huge amount of effort into this and uh, it's a lovely game. Could you could we get onto the featured? And, uh, you know, I'm sure that that conversation happens. And uh, it just it, it's obviously it's something we have to deal with as an indie app developer. That is, I feel like it's the monopolization of the app store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- that problem is always there. But I mean, you don't necessarily need to make that much amount of money those, that those people are making. Uh, I, I think they're they're raking a lot of money, but still, uh, anywhere even less than fifty top fifty grossing ranks, it should be good and good enough, I think. Yeah, yeah. So okay, we've learned a lot about launch, and um, you know, we, we've learned about the uh, preparation that you're making for uh, your launch as well uh, for the next game. Uh, what what else are you? Are you uh, doing it is mobile the the biggest strategy for you are you think about any other platforms because you talk about cross-platform and you know we have an emerging uh wearables kind of stuff i've just received the sdk for uh, the apple watch are you thinking about any other platforms so uh right now right now uh i mean right now no but i think we would we would start looking at them uh, for sure uh, but one other thing that we're doing apart from the app stores that is a Go- that is google play and uh iOS is there are a lot of third-party app stores uh, which which run Android specifically and they don't use Google Play building. Uh, so we are actually looking at those also. So one of the things that we figured that is um, a lot of people don't pay money because a lot of people don't have credit cards. For example, in India, a very few percentage of people have credit cards, and I think it, the similar the similar is the case in other countries. So there are app stores which have tied up with uh, carrier billing. Uh, so they whatever you pay for in the game is detected from your cell phone balance. So we're actually looking at uh, integrating with those networks and it looks like some people have had success with that. So we're also exploring that. Yeah, well, I do have to say that uh, 
in one of my past episodes, I'm just trying to look for the number of this. Uh, I had a chat with uh, Sean Zelber. Uh, he runs uh, Nexva.com and uh, he uh, has 200 million subscribers to his alternative uh, app stores. And so ha- I'd be happy to introduce you to him. I think uh, he'd be delighted to talk to you. And, and uh, yeah, he was saying that uh, they're, they're all a lot over Africa and uh, the Middle East and they're tying themselves up with the uh, telecom companies uh, so that you get paid through ear billing uh, from those telcos and uh, have you have you done any of that yet have you put any of your uh, apps into any of those alternative app stores okay so we are talking to a few people um, yeah we, we are exploring that yes oh good okay great and uh, I mean do you have an I guess you I don't know if you can mention any other companies uh, apart from that yeah, one I could, yeah I could mention that's not a problem yeah. So, what what um, what what alternatives are out there? Because I know that that would be an amazing topic for uh, the Appster tribe who have apps that are solely for uh, Android or iOS, and they would love uh, alternative uh, sources of revenue for those uh, games and uh, those apps. Okay. So, um, I see uh, there's one company called Nazara. They recently invested in us also. They primarily focus on Middle East and Indian these markets where carry building is uh, prevalent. Um, right. Can I, I just say? Uh, can I ask you to repeat the name there? Nazara. N a z a r a. N a z a r a. Okay. Uh, and I, I don't think they publicly mentioned that they they do this, but I, I think since they're they're investors, they're they're open to exploring this. I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, do you know how much work is involved in changing your code? Uh, is it, or is it just a case of taking your? I'm guessing your Google, uh, your Android uh, app and uh, the APK file and just then uploading it to their services. Yeah, so I, uh, I'm not very clear on this. I think they're trying to work on wrappers where your existing billing code itself would work. But even otherwise, uh, it's just a SDK and update. So you instead of calling the Google APIs, it's calling their, their APIs. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they've used the uh, open source of uh, Android to create these, but then they've uh, adopted them for their own uh, in, in-app purchases. Uh, okay. Yeah, probably is. Okay, well, I'll, I'll make sure that uh, if uh, you're listening to this now, yeah, I, I would suggest that uh, you go to uh, theappguy.co and go to episode 202 uh, with Ram and I'm sort of speaking to the audience here. And uh, I'll make sure we have links to these things that we're talking about because that is, I, I really do think that's a, a very interesting, uh, you know, uh, company or some companies to explore. Uh you know, for anyone who's kind of getting tired of um, the uh, the Android or the uh, the Apple uh, the Apple review process, especially. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, we talked about third party app stores. Uh, there's two more things we need to do before we say goodbye. One is uh, we would love to try and come up with another app idea from you, and uh, I just wondered if uh, you had any ideas uh, on apps. If you do, that's great. We can talk about them if not i've got another way of trying to flesh out an idea from from you okay okay no uh, i don't i don't particularly have an idea okay so uh what uh, i was going to ask you know um you know as you're going about your uh, work of if you think about your work over the last month are there any big pain points any big real challenges that you're facing uh, with work and and then maybe we could try and figure out some solutions that would be apps Okay, I have to think. Actually, I I'm not I'm not getting anything in my mind right now. Yeah, 
Okay, that's fine. So, because like I'm trying to think then, uh, like a, an app for the Indian market. Uh, so, I mean, okay. what would be interesting is, do you know the most commonly used uh, smartphone uh, over there? Um, I I don't know the most commonly used phone, but any Android phone is probably popular here. So, Micromax is one Indian provider which is popular. Then there are a lot of Samsung devices which are popular. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, if you want to tap into the Indian market and uh, it doesn't make sense then to uh, try and make money from in-app purchases because you said if, if we're trying to uh, explore the Indian market, then not a lot of people have the credit cards to um, to pay for uh, apps. Yes. So it would make sense then to build an app for one of these alternative uh, app stores and get paid through the telco billing system. Uh, uh, yeah, and well, I mean, if we want an idea, what, um, I'm guessing that... Uh, it would make sense to uh, take a really popular idea uh, from the US or the UK or some other Western country and then apply it to uh, India, but maybe adopting it for um, the different dialects and the different languages that you have around the country. I know, I guess Hindi English is uh, is pretty popular. Do you get many Hindi apps? Uh, yes, yes, there are there are many Hindi apps. Are they, are they all, are they, I mean, are any of them from some of the big uh publishers uh, or are they from indian uh, app developers uh i mean i i can't think so uh, there are there are a lot of languages being spoken in india so there are like 18 official languages in india so even though hindi is popular a lot of people still still uh, can get around with english yeah uh, you know i do think that um, some translation uh, you know more than we're getting from google uh, translate, translate. I think that would be really useful because you're right. I remember going around India and uh, learning all these different, uh, well, certainly experiencing a lot of the different languages. As you say, uh, there are 18. So, and I, I don't think all of those are in Google Translate. Yeah, I don't think all of, yes, they're not all in Google Translate, yes. So uh, if you're an app developer and you have a fascination with uh, India, perhaps uh, the, what we need is uh, a better translation app. Uh, that would help, uh, you know, with the um, bridging the gap between these eighteen languages. How, how would you feel that would go down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would that would be fine. Yes. Uh, I, okay. So, I mean, I haven't asked many of these before these questions, but I would love to know: it is is it is it a, a true that um, most of the uh, social media platforms like Facebook are they really big in India? Um, or do you have like local versions of that, like they do in China? Okay, no, no, there are no local versions. Facebook is quite popular, actually. Uh, right now, right now, other services like WhatsApp and Hike are uh, getting popular. Right. Yeah. Well, um, and uh, I, I can't think of how to uh, use WhatsApp for a third-party um, app. I think there would be some really interesting integration features if you were to like if you were able to to tap into WhatsApp but uh, build third party apps uh, because I think a lot of people have been very successful in taking a very popular app I guess like WhatsApp and then uh, making it slightly better but doing it as a third party I mean I actually use a third party Facebook app on my phone and a third party Twitter app so I'm not using the official ones so a third-party WhatsApp app for the uh, Indian market in different languages? Uh, probably, but uh, WhatsApp doesn't have APIs around around their service, so it would be mm. more a hack. Yeah. 
Yeah, unfortunately they don't, do they? So, um, well, you never know with uh, continuing Facebook integration. Um, uh, you know, the final thing I need to ask you then, Ram, before I say goodbye to you is the, uh, what do you have on your phone? Maybe you could recommend one or two apps that you use in your day-to-day life that uh, you think that we may not have come across before. Sure. Uh, so I use uh, Pocket, uh, Pocket where I can save articles and then read it later. Uh, that's one thing that I use. And uh, for looking at analytics on apps, I use AppAny and there's something called AppStatics. AppStatics is a paid app, so you can actually look at top charts in all countries. So that is also something that I look at. Uh, then I have other things like, so there's a there's something called Zomato where you can look for restaurants. It's very specific to India. Um, Goodreads uh, and a bunch of services for recharging my phone. Uh, yeah, I think nothing specific. Right. Well, um, I have to say, I have to go back to this uh, other idea for an app for India. Uh, in, in one of my previous uh, episodes, just before you, in fact, uh, there there was a chat about uh, mapping data and uh, and also government data. So that a lot of the government data is being made available. And the idea was that you could tap into the uh, inspections that restaurants get and then you can get you can get alerts to your local restaurants and maybe restaurants where you've checked in before. You can get alerts to any uh, new inspections so that you know that uh, you're eating in some really good places. And, you know, as as someone who's traveled around uh, India, I have fell ill before. And uh, <laughs> I would love I would love the idea of, uh, you know, just getting the comfort of uh, an, in, an inspection report to my app before I go to a restaurant. What do you yeah, think to yeah. that idea? Yeah, I think that would be nice. Yeah, definitely with government opening up, opening up a lot of their data, yes, this would be very nice. Okay, so please build that, uh, listeners. There's an app idea for you, and so that that would at least help me when I go to India next, uh, not to get Delhi Belly, as they call it. <laughs> I think it's just my weak Western stomach. It can't ca- cope with um, Ram, it's been fantastic talking with you. Uh, India, seriously, is one of my most favorite countries. I've been there now uh, several times, and uh, I, I really love it, so... Uh, I would love to um, hook up with you when I'm next over there. But in the meantime, it just leaves me to say uh, thank you for joining us on the App Guide podcast. And, uh, you know, how best can we reach out to you and connect? Yeah, so uh, I'm available on Twitter and uh, it's rampr underscore. That is my Twitter ID. And uh, my email ID is ram at hashcube.com. So either of them would work. Okay, great. And again, you know, if you uh, can't remember that and you're, you're out and about and you're listening to this, just go uh, to theappguy.co and visit episode 202 uh, with uh, Ram Rajadran and you'll see uh, links to his uh, contact information if you want to reach out and get in touch. Thank you so much for joining us and all the best with uh, what you're getting on and the launch as well with uh, the launch in uh, January. Yeah, thank you, Paul. It was great to be here.